WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. What's up, Wrestleluminati? So we are getting closer to Survivor Series as we have, uh, we have arrived at the go-home episode of Raw which is merely less than a week away from the actual event. Personally, as it stands right now, I don't believe Survivor Series is going to be a great uh, event. And honestly, I don't think WWE does either. You want to know why? Because it appears so far, at least on Raw, we'll see if the similar situation happens on SmackDown this week as well, they are already setting up what's going to happen after Survivor Series then further promote it or hype Survivor Series up. Uh, Like tonight, uh, as we're going to go through the episode, in fact, I'm not even going to talk about it throughout the episode. I'm just going to talk about it now. They decided to finally announce the the champion versus champion matches. You know, so like, you know, they finally officially uh, announced the, you know, Roman Reigns versus Big E match, which honestly, to be honest with you, the brand versus brand, that seems to be the most personal just because, you know, Biggie's, uh, you know, guys, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are over on SmackDown. So obviously that's personal for him. And, you know, Roman Reigns and the Usos just destroyed those two guys over on SmackDown. So he has a personal interest in that match. So that almost seems to be the most, I guess, emotionally driven match. Maybe the, uh, maybe that might have the best impact uh, because it is going to be so personal between the two, even though they're on separate brands. The rest of them, I mean, okay, uh, Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, the Intercontinental Champion versus the United States Champion. Nothing between the guys. Nothing. I mean, we haven't had, I mean, and I understand they're on separate brands, but what I'm talking about, we haven't seen any invasions. We haven't seen on either show. Nothing. You're just going to put these together, two guys together and put them in a match. Now, do I think it's going to probably be a great match as far as a wrestling match is concerned? Absolutely. Most of these matches will be good as far as wrestling matches are concerned. But there's no story. There's no story. And I know some people are going to say, well, you know, Raw and SmackDown, they're two separate brands, Garland. Yes, they are. But look what they've done in the past. They have actually, even if it's just been a few weeks before Survivor Series, it doesn't even have to be the entire year. Although I liked it when when the brand extension first happened in 2002 during the Ruthless Aggression era. You know, you had the you had the brands kind of trying to one up each other all the time and it made for interesting television. Now, you know, it honestly, you know, WWE WWE's back was against the wall more back then because, you know, they bought WCW, there was no competition at that point and they had to find something to do to be like, okay, what are we going to do now that we're the only we're the only uh thing in town, you know? So, they kind of made it interesting at that point. But now, there's nothing. I mean, okay, let me give you another example. Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, they are the WWE officials. But as it looks like to me, now somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, neither one of them is attached to Raw and neither, neither one of them is attached to SmackDown. They both run both shows. But Adam Pierce has been on, you know, the, the shows since Crown Jewel. And, you know, he's been, you know, he, you know, they announced the teams on Twitter. But yet when he gets to each show, 
he acts like he's favoring that show. You know, he's like, oh, well, i got to make Team Raw strong so we have good competition and everything like that. And then he goes to SmackDown and he says the exact same thing. So that also makes it kind of silly, is that you have the same WWE official running both shows. So it doesn't even seem like there is a brand uh, rivalry at that point. You know, because, like I said, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce are running both shows. Okay, you got the tag champions. Now, as we'll see in this episode of Raw, the tag champions from SmackDown actually invaded Raw. So you have RK-Bro and and the Usos, you know, mixed it up tonight, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But, um, and yeah, before tonight there was nothing personal, but like I said, at least we had an invasion. And the Usos have been showing up on Raw lately because they've been trying to get sort of in Big E's business. So, you know, because of the whole connection to the New Day. So... I'll give them credit for that. At least the Usos have been showing up on both shows here lately. Um, let's see. The two women's championship uh, champions, uh, Charlotte Flair and and Becky Lynch. Yes, that uh that's got a little bit of good that's got a good a lot of good heat because of the what happened when they exchanged the titles a few weeks ago after after Crown Jewel. So yes, that's got some and also some of that personal vendetta or that personal, you know, animosity between the two is actually something that is stemming off in real life or they're letting us believe that it's stemming away from uh, real life. Now, like I said, I if if it is real life, I you know, I'm sorry that these two ladies were once friends and now they're not friends, but I mean, heck, if they're just doing this for a storyline and this is an acting job, they are doing a great job. They are doing a great job of selling this. So, but then let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Yeah, you've had the, you know, Seth Rollins who appears. I guess, I mean, I don't know if he was officially ever named the captain, but I guess he's kind of taking his place as the captain. Um, he's saying that he's going to lead his team into, you know, into Survivor Series to beat Team SmackDown. Okay, why didn't we have Team, once, once they were announced on Twitter, why didn't we have Team Raw and Team SmackDown invade each other's show for that for after that happened, like the weeks after it happened? Like that would have been good. I think that would have been good television, no matter if it would have lasted two weeks or two months. It still would have been better than what's been going on right now. And not only that, the teams they announced on Twitter, which I'll get to when I do my preview show for uh, for Survivor Series in a few days. Um, They've changed them all around. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've they've made how many changes to the Raw team? Now, granted, I think they've only made one change to the SmackDown team, but still, you've made like three or four changes already. And you know, I don't know. I mean, is is it is it kind of interesting? They're keeping things, you know, kind of where nobody's safe to stay on the teams and everything. Eh, maybe, but I still think it would have been better. I still think it would have been better just to pick the teams, even if you just had to announce them on television and just put a, put some guys together and then do a storyline between the two teams. Do Raw and SmackDown. Sort of like what Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon did a couple years ago where they came in and invaded each other's show and, you know, Stephanie got mad at Kurt because Shane, you know, her brother got the one-up on Kurt and everything. That at least was a little interesting because, like I said, you had the, both the teams showing on each other's show, showing up on each other's show. This Survivor Series hype has been so bad. I don't even know that I'm looking forward to the to the to the show itself for what's on the card right now. I'm actually hoping to be honest with you that there's going to be some kind of surprise. Now I know everybody's heard the rumors that, you know, it's the 25th and 25th anniversary of The Rock and when he debuted at Survivor Series and 
there's been some speculation that maybe he might show up uh, at Survivor Series. And I'll be honest with you, that might be a good thing for the WWE if he does. But then again, is it really? Because, now granted, I, I have been a f- fan of The Rock ever since I started following The Rock and everything, and I, I, I think he's, he's great and everything. But at the end of the day, what is he? He's a part-timer. He's not wrestling full-time anymore, nor nor should he really. I mean, he doesn't have anything left to prove in WWE. I mean, he's... You know, he's, he's, his, his career is a legacy already, but like I said, WWE is probably going to rely on him if they're, if they're pushing for the rock to show up, you know, during Roman's match or something like that or whatever. Cause everybody seems to believe that this Roman versus rock thing is still going to happen. I'm not so sure. I'm not really convinced that it's going to happen. Uh, yes, it could be the rock and Roman giving us a swerve, you know, rock, uh, Roman was on, uh, the, Jimmy uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and you know he was he was kind of dancing around the idea too. Rock has actually already said that there was no plans for him and Roman to meet at WrestleMania this coming year. Could they? Could WWE be swerving us? True. I'll be honest with you, that's not really. I mean, yes, it's a great fantasy match. It is. It's a great fantasy match, but I don't think the Rock should be the one to take down Roman as the head of the table. Or the tribal chief. I don't think he's the one that should end Roman's reign. I think it should be something a little bit more interesting than that. Uh, I don't think it should be a part-timer. I don't think so. Uh, as great as The Rock is, uh, you know, as great as he is, you know, obviously his nickname is The Great One. But, like I said, I think it needs to be some other talent that probably, to be honest with you, WWE should have, building, should be a, should have, should have been building by now to sort of dethrone Roman and, you know, there's speculation that Roman might not even lose the title until, you know, he might not even lose his place until potentially SummerSlam of next year. So even if he does meet The Rock at WrestleMania, whether or not, whether that's true or not, there was rumors that The Rock wouldn't even beat him. You know, he would actually, it, it was one of those things where he would actually have the torch passed to him by The Rock. So who knows? There's lots of rumors flying out there. But right now we're talking about Survivor Series. And like I said, I hope some interesting things happen at Survivor Series besides just these matches. Like I said, do I think they're going to be incredibly re- incredible wrestling matches? Yes. But wrestle- the actual wrestling matches can only take you but so far. And I know, you know, I'm going to speak a little bit of AEW and, you know, CM Punk has been saying that, you know, pro wrestling is is where it is, it's at, sports entertainment. Right now, pro wrestling and sports entertainment, I, I have to agree with some wrestling creators are out there. It's kind of the same thing. But but WWE and AEW are sort of focusing on different things. Like, I think, believe it or not, and I'm not saying AEW storylines are bad. I'm not saying they are. They're good, too. They're great. But I think WWE focuses more on the stories and on the characters. I think that's what they focus on than they do the wrestling. That's not to say wrestling matches in WWE are bad. They're not bad. They're Some of them are really great. But, like I said, I think right now, I, 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 just, I just think that right now, first of all, the hype for Survivor Series just hasn't been good because there's no stories there. There's nothing there right now. And, like I said, I, 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 think, I think from the sports entertainment uh, situation, they need to... They need to be. Uh, they probably need to have some interference in some of the matches. Like they need to have some of the storylines that are going to happen after Survivor Series actually play into these matches, 
or else you're just going to have a card full of just great wrestling matches, which, like I said, is not bad in itself. But if there's no story on it, people are just going to, I I guarantee you, even though people are probably going to say, yes, the matches were great, you know, it was a great match between this, they're all going to say, well, you know, they were great matches and all, but, you know, and that's what's going to happen. At, at least that's what I see happening. The other thing I want to address too real quick is, you know, I heard the story that, uh, the story going around that CM Punk from AEW said that the casual wrestling fan no longer exists. Um, what, what planet is he living on? Seriously, what planet is he living on? Now in AEW, I will, I will give him this. In AEW, yes, I think there were more hardcore fans of wrestling in AEW. I think there are. I, I think those fans out there are really hardcore. They follow the wrestling a lot. I'm not saying all of them. I still think there's some casual fans of AEW as too as well. But I think in WWE, the casual fan base is a lot larger. Number one, because WWE has been around longer. And number two, I just think that you you talk to anybody who's you talk to certain people who who are fans of wrestling and they're not going to know normally at least very well who your mid carders are who your low carders are they're going to be basically know who your main eventers are that to me is a casual fan that's a casual fan okay and unfortunately as i've talked about this in many of my episodes the casual fan base whether it's WWE AEW whatever it still makes up a majority of the fan base. I'm going to stand by that until I see where the, you know, that every person I talk to like knows like wrestling in and out. And I'm not saying those people aren't out there. Obviously there are a lot of people out there that are very hardcore wrestling fans and know all about the business. They know their stuff like inside and out. But unfortunately for what I see, for myself, myself, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all. I'm just saying this is my opinion and my observation from what I see. Unfortunately, real avid wrestling fans. And I've had this discussion with some of, uh, some of my, uh, you know, acquaintances and stuff like that. Casual wrestling fans make up the majority of a wrestling fan base. I'm sorry. Real avid wrestling fans are a minority of the wrestling fan base these days. Now, does that make them any less important? No, it does not. In fact, it makes them more important if you really think about it because they are of a lower number of individuals. So I'll be honest with you. Me, myself, I, I, I consider myself a sort of an avid wrestling fan, but I know there's more fans out there that are more avid wrestling fans than I am. They know a whole lot more about wrestling than I do. They can name all these kind of things because to be honest with you, I haven't been watching wrestling my entire adult life. I haven't been watching wrestling. I, would, I didn't even watch hardly wrestling when I was a kid. I didn't come into wrestling until the Attitude Era in WWE. So anything that I've had to learn before that or any other organization, which I'll be honest with you, I haven't learned a lot about it. Uh, like, you know, like uh, AEW, I'm still learning about them. I haven't really been watching them a whole lot lately. Um, I barely know anything about Impact anymore or TNA, whatever you want to call it. Um, I actually had to go back and watch WCW versus WWE because I started watching that kind of when the Monday Night Wars were kind of coming to an end. So I had to watch all that, you know, historically on the WWE Network and now, you know, Peacock. So 
I'll be honest with you. I am not. I'm not going to sit here and call myself the most avid wrestling fan alive because I know that's just not true. It's not true. Now, do I love wrestling? Yes, I love it. Love it. Love to talk about it. Love to watch it. Love to witness it. Love to do whatever. But like I said, I'm not going to tell you that I'm the most avid wrestling fan on the planet because I'm not. I'm not. There are plenty of people out there that know more than I do. But like I said, of people that I've talked to, I still think the casual wrestling fan base is a larger percentage of people than the avid wrestling fan base. But like I said, both are important to the business. That's just my opinion. All right, now I've gotten way off the rails here. So we're here to talk about Monday Night Raw, the go-home episode for Survivor Series. So let's uh, – I'm going to give you some examples of – I'm going to continue to give you examples of how I think WWE is moving past uh, Survivor Series and trying to go, I guess, to concentrate on day one, which obviously will come up on New Year's Day. But let's move on right into Raw and let's talk about it. Okay, so let's. Uh, Biggie is your the first thing that starts up. Uh, he's in the ring. He's talking about you know his matchup coming up with Reigns and like I told you like in my opening like statement there I guess if you want to t- call it or opening monologue whatever you want to call it. This this matchup is personal, you know because like I said the New Day is across both brands so. And, and and to be honest with you, this is what all the matches should have been for Survivor Series, where, like I told you, the Usos have been showing up on Raw and kind of interrupting stuff. Uh, I don't think, if, if I remember correctly, I'd have to go back and look at my episodes, because like I said, I have to refresh myself from week to week. I don't know that Big E has showed up on SmackDown a lot, but like I said, you've still got the New Day on SmackDown. And like I said, Big E is still mentioned on SmackDown because of the New Day. So, um, so if you want to say, see how survivor series probably should have been hyped across the board, the big E versus Roman reigns probably is the way it should have gone. So, so anyway, uh, you know, big E's talking about Roman reigns and then he shifts his, you know, he shifts his focus to Kevin Owens, which of course what happened last week on Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens snapped and turned on uh big E after it seemed like Big E cost him his match against Seth Rollins by countout. Uh, like I told you in the last episode, I didn't think that was the case. I thought it was uh, purely accidental that Big E happened to get in Kevin Owens' way at the end of the match, and that was just the straw that broke Camel's back, and Kevin Owens uh, just got frustrated and snapped. So that's sort of what Owens was talking about when he came up, came out this week. Uh, he was like, you know, I don't know how else to prove to people that I'm telling the truth and that you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, get a cheap victory, you know, a couple weeks ago when it was, you know, him against Big E and Seth Rollins got involved and Big E, uh, Kevin Owens tried to capitalize on the, on the, you know, on the interference by Seth Rollins. And he said, but you know what, if you want me to be the Kevin Owens that you know me to be, then you know what, I'll just go ahead and be the Kevin Owens that I know you to be, uh, you know, you know me to be. So um, now where I got confused here a little bit was if originally I thought by the way they were talking in the promo, I thought Big E and Kevin Owens were going to actually have a match on this episode of Raw. That's what it made, made it seem like. Um, it was not until a little bit later that I, I figured out and I'll get to it that actually Kevin Owens had another opponent. Um, 
But anyway, it all became apparent of how where the uh, where it was going as well is when Biggie tried to chase Owens up the up the ramp, and you know, like I said, out comes the Usos, and the Usos uh, attack Biggie, and uh, uh, yeah, attack Biggie, and and then actually Riddle comes to Biggie's rescue, and then. Um, uh, Sonya Deville comes out and sets up a tag tag match between the Usos and Riddle and uh, Big E, and which was really interesting because we didn't even see Randy Orton come out uh, uh, until a little bit later. So it starts out, you know, Usos and and uh, and Riddle and Big E in the tag match, and then actually you see uh, Seth Rollins. He comes out and. Um, I think let's see he yeah he came out and uh what did, what did he do I think I, I, yeah Rollins comes in and and he comes into the ring and interferes and gets gets uh gets the Usos disqualified and then as the Usos and Rollins are beating down on Biggie and um Riddle finally Randy Orton comes down and then they make it a 16 six man tag. They have the Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro and Big E go against uh the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions and uh Rollins. So um so actually this match goes on for a, a little while longer and uh it, and it, it was kind of honestly it was very predictable that this is the way it was going to turn out eventually. Um but like I said, uh, what ends up happening is the heels end up winning. Seth Rollins and the Usos end up winning. And, uh, yeah. And then that's the way, uh, that's the way that ends. And, uh, and then, and then actually RK bro, uh, actually get, even though they didn't win the match, RK bro kind of got the, uh, kind of got the upper hand on the Usos after the match, after the, during the extracurricular activities and then uh Big E uh gets uh I, I think I think uh Randy Orton hit the hit the RKO on um on Jimmy Uso and then Big E Big E grabbed Jey Uso, I believe, if I've got that right. I think he grabbed uh Jey Uso and Oh no, it was Jay I'm sorry, Jay got the RKO and the big ending. Jimmy didn't get either one of them. Uh, now that I look at my little notes here. So uh, Jay, Jay just had a bad night and basically Big E was, gave him the big ending and says, uh, give this message to Roman that I'm, I'm going to be ready for him. So that's the way that ends. And to be honest with you, I like that segment and that like set up the match kind of perfectly for Roman versus, uh, Big E and we'll see how that match goes. Hopefully it lives up to the hype, which I think it will. Um, but like I said, all right, so now we get to this, uh, get to this little, um, thing between Dewdrop and Bianca Belair and how Dewdrop feels like Bianca Belair has been given time, uh, you know, chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity at the women's title. And she feels like she's just being overlooked. And obviously it looks like this is the heel turn for Dewdrop. Um, now what's really funny is it was, uh, Tamina, Tamina Snuka that came up and, you know, is challenged Bianca Belair to a match. But what was interesting, if you guys all, if you guys all saw it, when they showed the graphic before they went to the before they went to the commercial to show the match coming up next, if you saw in the graphic, it had Tamina and Bianca Belair, but it looked like it looked like Dewdrop was going to be in Tamina's corner because they had they had uh, 
uh, Dewdrop standing next to Tamina in the graphic, which was obviously not true. Um, but then we come back to the commercial. Uh, to be honest with you, it was a, it was an okay match, but Bianca Bel- Belair made kind of quick work out of Tamina, uh, which I actually feel bad for it because I thought Tamina and Natalia made a good tag team, and you know I was actually uh, a little upset that. Uh, even though that, even though I was happy that they won the tag titles uh, a while back, uh, their tag, you know, their tag reign was not all that, you know, all the not all that memorable. You know what I mean? Like you, I, I I don't know how to describe it, but it was like they were they were the tag chance, but it was like they were absent all the time. They were like an afterthought, and I don't ever feel like the champions should be afterthoughts, but it just seemed like that was the case with these with these two. But anyway, the bigger story was. Um, Dewdrop comes out and I couldn't tell event, uh, actually what you said, but what I'm reading in the notes is Dewdrop says that after Survivor Series, she will be coming to look for Bel Air. But I thought she said at Survivor Series, she was going to become looking for Bel Air. So I guess that remains to be seen. Will Dewdrop interfere in the Survivor Series match between the women um, at, at Survivor Series, I'm not sure. Or is she going to wait till after Survivor Series to start something with Bianca? We'll, we'll have to see. Um, so I'm not sure how I heard that. I don't remember. Or I'm not saying I don't remember. I'm just not saying I, I'm not sure how I heard that. I thought I heard at Survivor Series. But in some of these notes I have, it says after Survivor Series. But so we'll just have to see. <laughs> so, um, so next up is Becky Lynch. Uh, she comes out to the ring. And, uh, and, and like I said, this was another example, uh, before I get into the Becky Lynch thing, this was another example of how WWE is sort of thinking to after Survivor Series, you know, they're thinking of already what they're going to do with Dewdrop and Bianca after Survivor Series. And even a little bit in the opening match with, um, with, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess they've been pushing the whole Seth Rollins and Big E, you know, WWE championship match later on. So I can't say they did it as bad in the opening match, but um, they did do it uh, in the they did do it in the match with uh, with uh, with with uh, Bianca Belair and Tamina and and the whole Dewdrop thing. So we'll have to see how that goes with that. So anyway, um, so anyway, you got Lynch coming to the ring. And I guess she follows up with her own trash talking that Charlotte trash talked her on Friday and, uh, out comes Liv, Liv Morgan. Um, and basically they're setting up kind of what's going to happen between Liv and, and Becky after Survivor Series. Now, even though I think Becky and Charlotte is going to be a pretty good match at Survivor Series, because like I said, there is some personal tension there, uh, stemming to what happened after Crown Jewel, uh, so it will be one of the better brand versus brand matches. Uh, but like I said, it already sounds like, you know, WWE is trying to set up what's going to happen after Survivor Series. So uh, so basically, uh, basically Becky and Liv have this going back and forth. And, you know, uh, and basically it, look, it, it goes where Liv gets the other upper hand on Becky. And I don't know, it's just setting up a kind of a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. It is, does it mean that Liv is going to overtake Becky for the, uh, for the raw women's title? I'm not sure who knows when this match will happen. It might not even happen until day one. Uh, the pay-per-view that'll start at the beginning of 2022. So we'll see how that goes. Um, 
So then we go to the backstage where uh, Randy Orton's yelling at Riddle for, you know, playing the hero again. I went and helped Big E and stuff. And then they have like a little funny moment where, you know, Randy Orton is saying how he cares about the team and everything. And, and Riddle goes, so you do care about me. You know, it's like, it was like a tender moment for Riddle, I guess. So, um, so like I said, it was kind of funny. And then, uh, and then basically Riddle talks to, uh, the street profits after Randy walks out, walks away. And, um, uh, and then, you know, basically the street profits are getting ready for their match against the Academy, Otis and, uh, Otis and Gable and pretty good match between the two, uh, two teams and street profits ends up getting, getting the victory. I, I think this is kind of a strange match because I'm still trying to figure out who now, uh, because I certainly hope it's not Omos and AJ again, because even though I like the team of o- Omos and AJ, I think they've just gotten way too many tag team title matches since they lost the tag team titles a uh, number of months back. Um, because what they lost him at SummerSlam to Randy Orton, but yet they've gotten all the number one contender matches, with the, with the exception of that one uh, one time that it was the Dirty Dogs that they got the match up, but and they didn't even win. It was on a Monday Night Raw, so uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out who's going to emerge as the new number one contenders for the Raw Tag Team Titles, because right now it doesn't seem like uh, any one team is standing out right now. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, so, so basically, uh, like I said, Street Profits get the win over there. So I, I don't even know what to make of Otis and Gable. They put those two together, you know, so long ago, and they really haven't really done anything. Like I thought they were going to turn Otis into something kind of big and impactful and everything, and it doesn't seem like it's you know it's panned out really. And you know, Gable with his incredible wrestling background, uh. You know, ever since him and Jason Jordan backed uh, back uh, broke up from the uh, Alpha Academy, uh, you know, you haven't seen really much out of Gable either. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to go down to. Maybe they'll surprise us, and maybe Gable and Otis will one day one day be tag team champions before it's all said and done. We'll see. All right. So the next thing we have going on is, and this is weird because, you know, you got your Queen's Crown tournament winner. So you got Queen Zelina. And Carmella sort of mixing it up with the women's tag team champions, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. And it's going to be two singles matches. It's going to be Nikki A.S.H. versus Queen Zelina and also Rhea Ripley versus Carmella. So in the first match, um, you get a pretty, it seemed like a pretty short match. Uh, and Queen Zelina seems like wins uh, in quick fashion. Um she beats she beats Nikki Ash, and then they have the match between um, between Rhea Ripley and Carmella, and a little bit longer match. Uh, and of course, Carmella is wearing that ridiculous mask she's got. It's it's weird, uh, <laughs> but uh, Carmella uh, Rhea Ripley gets the victory over Carmella. Slightly longer match, but not too long, too much longer, and. Um, you know, and I guess Queen Zelina decides, you know, she's going to, you know, she obviously is going to hype up her partner, uh, Carmella, and say, even though she lost, she's still the most beautiful woman in WWE and, and all this stuff. But then she says, then at the same time, she's calling, you know, Nikki A.S.H. the weak link of her team. And I guess, you know, obviously it's to get in their heads. And, uh, you know, obviously you're going to see probably a future tag team title match between these two teams. 
down the road. But it's kind of weird that Queen Zelina is kind of going after, and this is no disrespect to the women's tag team titles because I feel like they should be featured more. Uh, but it seems like sometimes the women's tag team, and I was talking about this earlier with, uh, you know, Natalia and Tamina, and it has been a little bit better with Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. It has been a little bit better, but not too much. But it almost seems like, like I said, the women's tag team titles seem to be an afterthought. Um, but like I said, I will say, like I have said just now, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley have been a little bit more present than uh, than the whole Natalia and Tamina thing, at least in my opinion. And and I think that was a shame because, like I said, I wanted to see. I wanted to see, I just want to see the champions of any, of any championship just featured more because that's why you're the champion. You're the champion because you're the headliner of your division. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're the world heavyweight champion, you're the, you're the headliner of the heavyweights. If you're the cruiserweight champion, you're the headliner of the cruiserweights. I just don't understand why that doesn't work anymore, but it just seems like in some of these titles, and like I said, as I've said many times before, I think there are way too many titles in WWE. Some people disagree with me on that. Some people agree with me on that. It's a very polarizing subject, but I, I, I said what I said. I think I think there's too many titles. I think there are. There are too many titles, and I think they get lost. In, some of them get lost in the sauce, and you're, you're, some of your champions of these lower titles don't get, and I don't even want to call them lower titles because I don't think that really should be even a term. If you're the title holder, you're the title holder of your division and you should be the headliner. So the title should be a valuable, a valuable asset, no matter what level it's on. So anyway, back to, back to what I was talking about. Uh, so yeah, so, so it's just a matter of time. We'll see what happens between these two teams. I, I, I guess we'll see a tag team title match somewhere down the road. All right. So this is where we learn where Kevin Owens real opponent is. And it's Finn Balor. And man, I feel bad for Finn Balor. Uh, I'm just going to say that real quick. Um, but you know what? First I'm going to talk about this. So Big E approaches Adam Pierce backstage and he decides that he wants to tell Big E, I don't want you to get involved in the Kevin Owens uh, Finn Balor match and he says I got two words for you Brock Lesnar which I guess meant that if he got involved in the match Adam Pierce was going to suspend him which I don't know what that would have meant I mean would that have meant that he had to strip him of the title I, it, you know who knows because if you're suspended indefinitely that means you don't know when you're going to defend the title next so who knows um, but anyway back to what I was saying about Finn Balor so this match actually was a decent match between Kevin Owens and and Finn Balor, very good match between two very good wrestlers. Uh, obviously, both formerly in NXT, both former NXT champions, uh, both former Universal champions uh, taking on this match. So this match had lots of value to it. Um, but uh, Kevin Owens ends up getting this victory, and I get it. They're probably trying to push him. He's probably going to be a heel, or he's going to make everybody think he's a heel for a few weeks, and and who knows what's going to happen after that. But Finn Balor has almost become an afterthought. You know, he a few months ago, he was in the universal title match with Roman Reigns, uh, and he was pretty much an afterthought. You know, first of all, he came to SmackDown. He, he first of all, was supposed to face Ro- uh, Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, but we all knew that that was actually going to be John Cena. So he got, he got put to the back of the line there. Then he actually does get his title match at Extreme Rules, in that bizarre match and that bizarre ending to that match. 
Then he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Then he was in the King of the Ring, um, and then he lost in the finals to uh, you know King Xavier, the eventual King of the Ring. And then he got drafted to Raw, and now he's just been chilling out at Raw, not really doing a whole lot of stuff. So I don't know. Is, is Finn Balor going somewhere? And I don't know that he can go back to NXT because a lot of these guys that are now, you know, because Finn Balor's been in NXT, gone to the main roster, gone back to NXT, gone back to the main roster. Are they really going to send him back to NXT? I don't know. I don't think so. So we'll have to see what happens there. All right, so this was another bizarre match. So you had AJ Styles and Omos backstage, and they were talking to the Dirty Dogs, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, and basically just trying to one-up each other in a trash-talking contest is what I really wanted to call it, and basically was making fun of each other and all that stuff. And finally, it uh, ended up, it ended up being culminating in a match between two heel groups, two heel tag teams, which is weird to me. And... um AJ Styles and Omos ended up winning this match. Uh, not really a overly exciting match, to be quite honest. Uh, I think it just displayed Omos's strength, which I guess is what they were trying to kind of uh, showcase in this match. And that's really it. That's really all it was. So, um, so just a tag match between two heel groups, and that was it. All right, so now we get to kind of an interesting part of it. So now they're going to try to, uh, you know, they're going to mess with the teams again. All right, so last time we were out um, on last episode of Raw, Dominic <clears throat> got taken out of the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, got a frog in my throat. Sorry about that. Um, Dominic got taken out of the Raw um, team by Bobby Lashley. He got replaced. And now it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Rey Mysterio. In a match because, you know, Rey Mysterio was was not happy about how things went down, uh, thinks that his son should have stayed in Team Raw and not lost it in that fashion. So basically, it just was another, uh, ex- I guess it was just another, another uh, opportunity to, you know, just to display Bobby Lashley's uh, strength. But, of course, they weren't going to let Bobby, you know, totally squash Ray because squash Ray is a future hall of famer. Um, he has still got it in the ring, even as, you know, as old as he is. And I don't even like to say he's old, but he is, he's one of the older wrestlers. Uh, cause obviously his son's wrestling now and then he's wrestling. So, uh, but anyway, Bobby Lashley does end up winning this match. Um, because obviously he's just the stronger and more powerful wrestler, even though, you know, Ray got his, got his spots in there, uh, a few times. Um, but what, what, what was actually interesting about this was what happened after the match. So Lashley was holding, uh, was holding, uh, Ray in the submission move and he finally lets Ray go and Dominic comes in, check on his dad. Then we see Adam Pierce coming back, coming out to the ring. And he basically says that now he has to take Ray out of team raw. And I'm like, okay. And, and, and to be honest with you, this is kind of interesting because like on SmackDown, it's like, it's like Adam Pierce is trying to be both. He's trying to be face and he's trying to be heel. It's weird. Like, okay. So on SmackDown, he made a match between Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn. And with, uh, with, with Ray Mysterio, uh, with Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy, you know, 
he put uh, Sami Zayn is obviously heel. He put Sami Zayn in the match, and he said, "Hey, if, if Sami Zayn loses, you know, he's out of uh, whoever loses that match. They're out of Survivor Series, the Survivor Series match." And obviously, Sami Zayn lost, and everybody was happy that Sami Zayn lost and was off their uh, Survivor Series team because of him being a heel. And Jeff Hardy got to stay, so it was almost like he was a face in that in that sense, right? Then he comes over to Raw, and he's basically just messing with the Mysterios. You know, because everybody, you know, is considering the Mysterios kind of a face group, uh, a face tag team. And basically now he's kicked them both out of the Raw uh, the raw team for Survivor Series based on, you know, he has concerns for their health. But it's weird. It's almost like he's gotten that heel persona. And, and I think it stems from what happened to him for what Brock Lesnar did to him a few weeks ago. And I think he's starting to get that little edge and stuff, but it's weird that he's trying to play both roles. Like it's almost like he's a baby face on SmackDown, a heel on raw. It's weird. Uh, so anyway, he takes Ray off there. So now both the Mysterios are off team raw and he's like, I'm going to name my replacement later. Well then who comes in, but somebody that's been a thorn in the Mysterio side for many weeks now, Austin theory. And then as Austin Theory comes in and he hits a move on Dominic and now both Dominic and Ray are uh, uh, laid out in the ring. Uh, this also plays more to um, Adam Pierce's heel role on Raw is that now he goes ahead and says, hey, Austin Theory, I like your style. Uh, you are the new replacement on Team Raw. So, <laughs> like I said, it's weird. It, it, if you guys if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you watch Raw and SmackDown, watch Adam Pierce. You would think that he would be the heel on SmackDown because that's where Brock Lesnar is, and Brock Lesnar, you know, attacked him, and you'd think he would be acting like a heel on SmackDown because he'd be so mad. But it's Raw that he's 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 coming out as a heel where nobody did anything to him on Raw, really. So I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, that's kind of the way Raw ends. Um now I will say this. Uh this could be an opportunity, like I said, and when I reveal the the tag uh, the teams for the Survivor Series matches, um, you know the the ones that aren't the champion versus champion matches, but the actual you know Survivor Team matches, um, it is a it is a chance for a lot of a, a few a few uh, a few people new talent to actually make their name a little bit, uh, like they could be the sole survivor of their team and maybe get a push and everything. And, and Austin theory is definitely one of those people, you know, since he's come up from NXT. So that's an example. We could see that we could see, uh, maybe a new breakout star. Um, but like I said, I'll talk more about that on the, uh, survivor series preview and everything. So like I said, that's the way raw ended. Um, like I said, I don't think it's been the greatest build to survivor series. And like I've told you on many occasions, I gave you some many examples I think actually WWE kind of passively is almost looking past Survivor Series. Unless, like I said, unless they're trying to throw us a swerve and they're going to have a bunch of surprises happen at Survivor Series, which you remember last year when I did Survivor Series, I told you kind of the same thing is that I didn't, you know, and this and this year has actually been a little bit worse, but I, I feel like last year, if I remember correctly, was actually the same way. And I, and I think I, told everybody on on my episode of survivor series last year that actually i was hoping for interferences with people that had issues with each other on raw interfering in the brand versus brand matches and i think that would have made the pay-per-view more exciting everything and i don't think a lot of those happened in fact i don't think any of them happened so again 
like I said, Survivor Series could be even more of a disappointment like it was last year. So anyway, uh, that's the Go Home Raw episode. And like I said, we will I'll catch you later. And I think the next one I'm going to do is the NXT 2.0 uh, episode for this past Tuesday. And then, of course, SmackDown. And then, of course, Survivor Series uh, preview and Survivor Series recap. Now, one thing I would do want to say, and I'm going to say it every episode from here on out, um, I think I'm going to take a break after the Survivor Series recap. So the podcast is going to be going on a little hiatus for the holidays, and I'd like to call it a holiday break because I'd like to think the goal is to be back um, for perhaps around the day one pay-per-view. But I think I'm going to take a little bit of a holiday break I'm going to do a little bit of reset since I, I think that, you know, I think it's, it still seems like WWE is going with the, uh, the, uh, the plan to not have a pay-per-view in December. So I'm going to go ahead and join them and everything and just take a little holiday break and kind of reset and hopefully make some more changes to the podcast, make some better changes to the podcast, uh, make it a little bit more fresh, uh, when we come out for 2022. So like I said, so I guess if my calculations are right, uh, I'm going to do five more episodes with this being episode number one. So number two will be NXT. Number three will be uh, SmackDown, uh, the SmackDown go home for Survivor Series. Number four will be the SmackDown uh, Survivor Series preview. And number five will be the Survivor Series recap. <clears throat> and then I'll go ahead and go into the uh, the sabbatical a little bit. So anyway, I just want to give everybody a heads up who's listening. Again, thank you for listening. And like I said, it's not going to be a so long. It's going to be a see you later. And like I said, I'll keep addressing that in the coming episodes until it's time to go. So uh, anyway, until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.